Hey, what's up, everybody? We are back with Going for Two with Jack Taylor. My name is Jack Taylor. My name's Hunter, too. And we are here to talk about a really, really fun weekend of Mississippi State baseball. We're coming to you on a Monday morning. Victory Monday. After, Victory Monday. After Mississippi State takes two out of three from Arizona State, we're going to talk about those three games. We're going to preview a big in-state matchup uh, between Mississippi State and Southern Miss. Um, so four games talking about in this episode instead of eight from the last episode. We, we really think this is going to be a good system going forward in baseball season um, to be able to just break it up and not have such a uh, such long episodes. But yeah, great, great weekend for Mississippi State. Um, it's awesome, good pitching, good defense, and obviously good hitting as well in this last game. And we're excited to talk about all of it. But first, we need to talk about a movie from our childhoods. Since it, we're, it's not a, it's not Friday morning, so we can't do Friday morning motivation. So we have to do movie critique Mondays. And and the the movie that we're that has fallen on our critique this week is Chicken Little. And man, I loved this movie growing up. Um, but it's just not one of those movies that that ages very well. I mean, you grow up and it has no cultural relevancy. Right. I just it's pretty dumb. But the video game absolutely kills i remember playing this video game when i was little and it was just it was just enjoyment start to finish even though i never finished it i mean it may get terrible at the end who knows the, the dodgeball level the baseball is fun mm-hmm. um just so many good levels and then the maybe the hardest thing i've ever done as a, in my life is the wild goose chase level on there i mean Things in, in life are compared to wild goose chases for a reason, I guess. But Chicken Little gets chased through the hallway in this level of the game. And, I mean, I just the, the POV that you get, like, makes it such a difficult level. And you only get, like, one mess up, and she's on you. And she can also right. throw dodgeballs at you. That It's completely unfair. Filing cabinets are just falling in the middle of the hallway, and you have, like, one second to react to them. It, it's, it's, you tough. know... Maybe the movie is better because the movie didn't make me play that level. Right. I just got to watch it. I don't even know. Was that even in the movie? I assume. The video game is literally just the movie. <laughs> I think they're the exact same. I don't know why I was throwing one under the bus. All I'm saying is, in the baseball level, Chicken Little not hitting those home runs. <laughs> He's not doing all that. He does not have gap-to-gap power. He's not a five-tool player. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I remember I played this on the GameCube when I was little. Hunter, you, you just got this game. Like, uh, this yes. is like a recent thing for you. Yeah, I, I saw it on the Xbox store and I was like, wait, I have a $5 gift card. Well, <laughs> instead of buying anything else, let me buy Chicken Little and play it on my Xbox. <laughs> One time. Yeah, I'm going to um, go back to it. Yeah, sure you are. All right, so obviously we need some we need some suggestions for movie critique Mondays. Um, that that was our first one for 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 this season, but we we need some help because that's that's what we came up with. Um, but yeah, How long let's did move that on. Take to come up with though, um, literally twenty seconds. I mean, it was it was no time at all. Um, yeah, so we're gonna move into our, uh, our our review of this Arizona State weekend and what a weekend it was. It started out and. Man, I, I was about ready to hang it up for the year. I, I wasn't sure we were going to get a podcast out for, for the rest of baseball season after what I saw on Friday. Um, 
Arizona State starts the weekend off. I, I turned it on the game. Like, I, I clicked on it on the ESPN app, and it loaded up, and all I saw was a guy trotting around the bases with no outs in the top of the first. So that was a great start, and it was pretty indicative of what was going to happen the the rest of that game. Um, and I, I just wanted to point out a stat to begin this because, obviously, uh, Arizona State took a really big lead early in that game and, and held it for, for the rest of the game. So they took game one. We were able to uh, steal games two and three from them to win the series. But the beginning of game one, Cade Smith started and then – Casey followed, Casey Hunt followed him, and those two together pitched four and a third of game one, and they gave up 13 earned runs, nine walks, and eight hits. Arizona State won that game 13 to four, so all their all of Arizona State's runs came against those two pitchers, um, or came from those two pitchers. I think uh, somebody gave up a, a triple that allowed Casey Hunt's runs to score, but they're all credited to him. And uh, so in four and a third, and then everybody else the rest of the weekend, so the rest of game one and all of games two and three, 22 and two-thirds innings to be exact, uh, we gave up four earned runs, 10 walks, and 17 hits. So obviously the hits are going to be enough. I mean, it's over two and a half games. Well, Gartman but, played, so obviously. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it, 22 and two-thirds innings, uh, four earned runs for everybody else. And then Casey Hunt and uh, Cade Smith, four and a third, 13 earned runs. That is just wild. Jack, uh, and, I um, have I have one question about um, this. Okay. Maybe, maybe call to follow up. In that everyone else category, how many of them were returning pitchers? That would be, I mean, let me just count this. I'm, I'm going to get a calculator out and count it actually. Um Zero. Oh. We have four returning pitchers on this team. Cade Smith, Casey Hunt, Parker Stinnett, and um, Pico. If you're not, if we're not counting Lane Forsyth, we only have four. Um, Envy pitcher, by the way. Um, yeah, everybody else that we cheap. saw. Technically. Well, I forgot about that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Freshmen or transfers were the bulk of the guys that we saw the rest of the way, um, starting and uh, and in relief. So, um, yeah, the next two da- next two games we saw uh, Graham Intima and Landon Gartman, and really good starts from them. Really similar lines from them. Really, um, Intima in game two had five innings pitched, six Ks, uh, no walks. So that's a really really important number. Um, three hits and a run, and then Gartman five innings pitched, seven Ks. Uh, three walks, four hits, and two runs. And really, I, I think the walks number is, is really what you're going to see. I mean, the guys were just throwing strikes. Mm-hmm. And Casey and Cade had nine walks between them. Um, and I think a few hits hit batsmen as well. So, I mean, like, I just, it, it all comes back to that. And and that might be an exception, like, when we see Parker Stinnett throw. Like, he throws strikes. He doesn't walk batters. He throws he strikes that. Yeah, he, he can hit up, but yeah. Um, he, he throws strikes mostly, and they just get hits off of him. Um, but Landon Gartman gives up hits too, but he's just able to recover from those. I mean, it seems like he had a runner on third every single inning and was just able to, to avoid the big inning for Arizona State. Um, so that just may be what you're going to get out of Gartman. I mean, he, he that seems like a perfect Sunday starter. 
I mean, somebody that's going to I mean, going to give up runs here and they're going to give up hits for sure. Maybe a home run here and there, but ultimately he's going to give you a chance to win the game. And obviously today our offense scored um, 16 runs, so it was going to take a pretty bad pitching performance to 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 lose that. But man, I I I don't really know what to think about Cade. I I know you told me something about him being sick. Did you see anything official about that? Uh, no, there was nothing really official. They didn't ask about it, but. People at the at the game were saying that he was like visibly like red and like sweating like quite a bit for like yeah. I mean people have seen Cade pitch for three years now and right. it was like fifty fifty two degrees in Starkville that night. So it was like yeah. obvious I mean, he was, something wasn't quite right. He only pitched three innings, but even in the first inning he was like he had sweated through his jersey. Like his maroon jersey looked black almost um so i i kind of thought something might be up and and like i said we don't really know if this is official or not it's just i mean it could have just been yep he wasn't pitching well it was stressful whatever um but i've i've seen Cade pitch in omaha and i didn't see him like that so um really don't know and and obviously i i don't think we have closed the book on Cade. uh even Cade is a weekend starter i think he has enough experience like to to not string in a several of these performances together. I, I think he's he's still going to be in our rotation moving forward and, and probably even into SEC play. But it, it was really weird seeing them just just tee off on his pitching um, and him not be able to throw strikes. And when he did throw strikes, they hit him. Um, but then not be able to hit any of our newcomers. So um, it, it was really weird, and I think we're going to look back and be able to see that this was an exception for Cade. Um and I, I hope we can, because I, I really do like Cade, and you've been a, a fan of his since the very beginning, so I know I know you. It's really weird. I don't know how yeah. I picked up on him. Should we get to the next but, uh, guy that I was on since I watched him pitch for once? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Uh, so um, our big performers out of the bullpen is the next thing we have here, and there were two, but I'm going to go to the one that I mentioned last last episode. Evan yeah. Sierra. Like... Yeah, he was dominant uh, on Saturday, uh, three and a third, and three Ks. Like he, he looked like a like big time pitcher. And right, his like when he was missing the zone, it it wasn't like it was just like an easy pitch to take. They were all starting in the zone and yeah. darting off. So like, and once he, he came can in set and... that stuff up, and right, I mean it's it. I really am excited about him. Freshman, true freshman out of Starkville Academy. Um, and he came in, like, not in a blowout game. It was 5-1. to one. He he, he uh, came in in relief for Intima. And, I mean, I was kind of surprised to see him go with a true freshman there and instead of um, I mean, maybe, like, Nate Dom or somebody. I don't I didn't, I don't really know who I was expecting, but Sierra was obviously the right choice. Um, I mean, I was super impressed by him. And... Um, Aitama I, I was also really good in that game. Really, really good. Yeah, but <laughs> I just I thought the fact that I mean it's not like it was some blowout game. I mean he was getting real innings in a real situation against a power five team. I mean I thought that was huge, especially for a freshman. And obviously, um, Nate Dom comes in and gets the save in that one. Um, and I did. I think they tried to let Sierra finish that one. He was in in the ninth, but uh, mm-hmm. let up a base runner, and so Dom came in and saved it. But um, yeah, the other. Uh, bullpen performance we want to look at is Brock Tapper who uh is also a true freshman I think from DeSoto Central 
He went three and two-thirds with four strikeouts on the Friday night game. So that one, kind of the opposite. I mean, we were losing pretty big, I mean, by more than 10 runs. So, I mean, had there been a 10-run rule, who knows if he was getting that experience or not. I, I know I heard uh, Bart and Charlie talk about that on the broadcast. Like, the 10-run the rule can be good to save your pitching during a midweek or something, but uh, especially later on at SEC play. But, I mean, at this point, you, you want these freshmen to throw and get big innings, and, and he got a big chance there to prove himself. And Brock Tapper, a name that I really had not heard before this weekend, and, and he kind of goes and makes a name for himself. So mm-hmm. pretty excited about that. Yeah, and the, the thing about, like, I, I know earlier we talked about – I'm glad, glad those cars just drove by. That was really loud. Um, <laughs> we talked about all the young arms that we threw. We didn't throw our best, too. Like – Right. We still have Lofton and Lou. Yeah. Like, and talking, I mean, going the complete opposite, we also didn't see our, maybe our most experienced arm out of the bullpen with Aaron Nixon. Um, there was never really a chance for him to come in. Like, it, uh, I guess if Nate Dom wasn't able to close the door on Saturday, he would have come in. But obviously in a 16-3 to game today, there's no, no reason for, um, for Aaron Nixon to come in. But, yeah, what were you saying about Lofton and Lou? Yeah, it's – it's crazy the amount of young arms we have because right. like you, you, you said it, uh, we went 22 and two thirds inning, four and runs, 10 walks. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't throw our like top two guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I really don't know. I mean, Intima and Gartman kind of throwing really, really big this weekend. And at the end of the day, we don't really know what Arizona state's offense is really going to look like. I mean, they te- they took advantage of probably really bad nights from Cade Smith and Casey Hunt. So we don't know if their offense is, is going to be as explosive as it was Friday or if Saturday and Sunday kind of told the story on them. But, I mean, I don't know where, where all these potential starters are going to fall in. I mean, Lou or Lofton may have to find their way in the bullpen because um, – or, I mean, one of them could replace Cade Smith at some point or, I mean, who knows, I'm sure – um, as it goes on towards SEC play, we'll, we'll probably get a better idea. But right now, we're kind of stacking up guys who, who really could um, start and who really could be in the bullpen. We, we just don't, don't really know. We don't go back yet. Right. <laughs> that's, a, that's another huge arm with, with some SEC experience, too. And Tyler Davis was good today, too. Yeah, I mean, he he's kind of uh, made amends for his first couple uh, appearances where he wasn't as sharp, so... Um, really, really excited to see how this team continues to grow, especially in the pitching department. Um, moving aside from pitching, though, I want you to talk about um, the situation we have going on between designated hitter, catcher, and right field, and all the players involved in that. So, I know you're pretty vocal about the the catcher situation, especially. So, what what do we have here? Okay, so 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 it's still the weirdest thing possible, um, because we have a catcher that can't catch, a first baseman who can't play first base. But that's apparently both of the positions that they want to play. So, um, but what if I told you that the catcher who can't catch is honestly a really good first baseman? Yeah, like he's really good at it, and the first baseman who can't play first base would be a really good DH. Mm-hmm. Like it, and there's a freshman catcher that is batting 500 on the air with like four doubles. And just a much better catcher. And he's a good catcher. <laughs> if we haven't made that clear. 
And um, and then another thing is, Kellum is really good. <laughs> yeah, my thing is so. Bryce Chance has been has had a really hot start to the season. He he kind of cooled off this weekend, but to, for all we know, I mean, he he could stay hot, and he did get a hit today to um, and got an RBI. So I mean, he wasn't completely unproductive, but Kellum was in a boot last week because he fouled a ball off his foot, and Kellum started in right field where Bryce Chance had been starting, and Bryce was the DH. And I'm like, wouldn't and, you want the player who was in a boot two days ago? D.H. and the and healthy guy to be did in we, right field. Was, that was Friday, was that lineup, right? Yeah. And it went on all week. But Friday, why didn't we just... Why didn't well, Kellum, Kellum just Kellum not in the, be in the lineup? Kellum wasn't in the lineup on Friday. Oh, was he not? No, he pinch hit in the late Oh, yeah, late yeah, that was it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Saturday and Sunday, that was the situation. Our lineup stuff is so weird. And... <laughs> I don't like right now. I, I would think that me and you would, if we if we had a chance to make the lineup for next weekend, we would say Heifel behind the plate mm-hmm. um, forever. Doesn't matter. Hancock at first, Hines DH, Kellum in, in right field. It may seem like we're punishing Bryce Chance, but I mean, he had a he had a hot start. I'm Another not taking anything away from him. Up. Yeah, like at different points in the year different guys get uh, hot i mean aaron downs has been needing an opportunity for two years now and bryce chance got that opportunity over him he earned it i'm sure but i mean i i think if you can have a chance to have uh and you could like platoon like chance and hines like if you needed to right i mean one's right-handed one's left-handed i mean you can same thing with Kellum. like exactly yeah um, it, it's not like we're taking Bryce out of the lineup completely, but if we have a, have to have our ideal lineup in a in a good matchup, I'm I'm putting Kellum in there because I I've seen what he can do in big situations. Um, if I would take anybody out out of any of those guys, I might take Hancock out. I mean, <laughs> yeah. this weekend he wasn't. I mean, he 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 reached base six times in three games. That's that's all you can ask for. But he came up with runners that in scoring position several times and just couldn't produce. Um, struck out looking with a guy in scoring position today. And I just... <sighs> Remember when he used to not strike out? I mean, that was his thing. That, I mean, last year, I mean, he, he was like setting like record pace for the lowest number of strikeouts. But, um, I, I, and I know it's early season. Uh, we, we could, we could, see him come to form very very soon and i'll be excited about it i mean i'm i'm trying really hard not to be a luke hater but lamonis is is making me one because i just hate seeing luke behind the plate (laughs) did the the stupid double steal thing today and it worked again (laughs) just put him in the six hole and put him at first base and i probably won't ever say a word i'll probably Um, love it like i'll be like oh luke's up late that's good but yeah so we gave up three runs on the sunday game and one of them was because Luke just having a complete brain fart behind the plate. Uh, runner at third, runners at the corners, and the runner at first takes off. Luke tries to throw him out, and the runner at third just scampers home. Like, and that's with a just hitch an elementary throw, play. too. Like, wait, what? He had a hitch in his throw down the second as yeah. well. It I was mean, like you could like you could feel like the thoughts happening, and then Amani yeah. gets the ball, and he's like, why? Do I have the ball at all? <laughs> yeah. So, but um, 
Are we if just I'm, Ross lovers, or <laughs> do it, we just yeah, want re- really, do we just no want game. Lotan back? Like Luke's played several games at catcher since um, the Saturday game against VMI where we lost, and none of them have been nearly that bad. Like stolen bases wise, but there's still just plays here and there that I'm like, I know Ross would have done and better. And Ross there. can frame so well, and yeah, I mean it's pitches here and there that. Um, yeah, I, I just know Ross could do better, and if he does, even if he doesn't do better, then he's learning to to be better. He's a freshman. Um, I mean, Luke Hancock. What it, does he does he really think he's going to be a major league catcher? Like, is that what he's holding out for? I don't. I don't. I didn't understand the whole comeback. What was I, he leaving for? I don't know. <laughs> he's picking up a stapler. Like uh-huh. like Luke, he's good with runners in scoring position. Don't know why he's my catcher. I want Ross. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm sorry, Bryce, but I gotta play Kellerman Hines. Yeah, honestly, um, I mean uh, Hunter Hines uh, home run this weekend. He had uh, five hits. Just not a great first baseman. Um, Bryce and Kellum both had pretty pretty substandard weekends um uh, both had a hit and an rbi and like i said luke does reach base six times but just no clutch moments for him um he so did, yeah he I, did have that uh bases loaded uh sack fly which is cool yeah that was vintage that was luke is that they hit that pretty deep didn't he? yeah yeah it was a good yeah. it was a it was a good one okay that was vintage um, luke also we saw uh hijack have a really deep i thought he made the most of his opportunity. He had a sack fly as well, but it was it had like warning track power. Yeah. Um but he just doesn't have that power like Lane. Um two two guys I want to shout out before we move on from our uh, our series. Uh Lane Forsyth and Colton Ledbetter. Um led best, if you will. Um he reached base eight times throughout the weekend and that was just in Saturday and Sunday. He didn't reach base at all on Friday. Um, so in two games, reached base eight times and had six RBIs, including a huge grand slam to kind of bust the game open today. And then Lane had a hit and an RBI and in every game this weekend. Um, three hits, hit first home run of the season, second one of his career, and had five RBIs. So And an um, amazing bunt. An amazing bunt and some really, really good defensive plays. So did so, best. Yeah. Uh, also, can't. Um, I, I don't have anything offensively for Slate Offered here. I'm looking but, at his stats from today, and my God. <laughs> but uh, really, really good defense. I mean, really shut us up for this for his past performances. But, um, I mean, for as a team, only one error on the weekend, um, and it came in the Friday game, obviously. It, just a, a un, unclean game all around. But um, – I'm really, really proud of Forsyth and offered like kind of turning it around offensively and defensively this weekend. Um, I'm, I'm, I really can see Offord kind of turning it around at third base and becoming a really good player. Is Lane gonna, is Lane gonna make it hard to keep him out of the lineup again? Is he gonna do this? He might do it. He might. He might push for 270 again. Um, I love him. So yeah. Uh, like we said, it, it's a big series win. We don't really know what Arizona State's going to turn out to be, but we also don't know what we're going to turn out to be. So as we figure that out, any series win is a good one. Um, as we look around the country, I mean, not every team was as fortunate. Texas A&M, 
uh, was an out away from getting swept by Portland. Um, they lost the first two games and walked off uh, in in the bottom of the ninth um, to, to salvage one game against Portland. Um, you know it's a team, a really small team, when I can't tell you what their mascot is. Um, I, so, so let me describe their logo. It okay. looks like the thing that you use to drive a ship. A um, wheel? Okay. Yeah, yeah, like a like a wheel, and it kind of looks like it's on a ship. So, so guess they're they're like pirates. Maybe? Nope, pilots. The pilots. Okay. <laughs> Somebody with a speech impediment said that. <laughs> they God. just ran with it. Um, yeah. Uh, so they they lose their series. Texas A and M, a top five team. I'm pretty sure. Not anymore. Um, <laughs> not anymore. Because they also lost a midweek to Lamar. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they'll plummet in most of the polls, I'm sure. Um, Ole Miss with a really big series win against Maryland. Uh, some chippiness between them today, but uh, Maryland brought the bats on uh, on Friday night, and then uh, Ole Miss brought them the next two days. So uh, really big series win for them, and a big week coming up as they go play in a like a tournament somewhere. In yeah, they play Texas. Maryland again. Maryland again. Also have a midweek series with Louisiana Tech. So a big week for them coming up. Vanderbilt wins a really big series against UCLA, both top 10 teams, I believe. Um, they were uh, they, UCLA was 17 on D1. Okay, gotcha. So top 20 matchup at least. And uh, so Vandy, I think, lost the first game and then so. came back and won the next two. All low scoring. Yeah, that was, that was kind of weird. Um, so that leaves us with... Uh, Alabama and South Carolina this weekend leaves us with them as the only two undefeated SEC teams. Um, and that was not what I was expecting. And we heard that Bama was going to be uh, a little bit different of a team this year. But, um, and um, I, obviously, not, I don't think they've played much major competition. But being undefeated at this, this point. Week. What? I think they played high point this week. Yeah. So um, put a little asterisk beside that. But, I mean, it is pretty impressive to, to win. Maybe even seven baseball games in a row. I mean, that's that's not easy to do. So them in South Carolina, uh, only two SEC teams left undefeated. Uh, a couple more series we wanted to talk about. East Carolina has a two-game sweep over North Carolina. Uh, Saturday game was rained out, so they only were able to put or squeeze two games in. But um, I mean, East Carolina going to make a push for Omaha again this year. I really do hope they can make it. Um, they're just a, a team that always knocking on the door, but have never never pushed through. So hopefully they can do that this year and starting strong. Um, LSU, they lost a mid, uh, the middle game of their Round Rock Classic uh, spread to Iowa. Uh, Iowa started a wide receiver on the mound. Um, and yeah. He, he throws like 98. 100 miles an hour. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's, not, it's awesome. He's tatted out. I'm not discrediting. I'm just... But it, it was a wide receiver. Um, so that that really does beg the and question. And LSU started like, stale cracker at pitcher. So <laughs> is is LSU like as strong as we thought they were going to be, um, or are they just LSU plus Paul Skeens? Because Paul Skeens is their two way player. Is I'm he, not is sure he he's two play two way anymore. Okay, okay. like he's well, actually he, an MLB he, arm right now. He was two way. They figured out that he's like. He's him on the mound. Um, so he throws on Friday. They get the win against Kansas State, but then just get blown out by Iowa. They they do recover and win the, the final game against Sam Houston State. But um, 
I, I'm kind of interested to see. I mean, Paul Skeens obviously is going to carry, carry in them on Friday nights, but as we get into SEC play, I, I just kind of want to see how many series they lose just by dropping those last two games. Like it's, I think Christian Little wasn't supposed to be a bullpen guy. Like yeah, and like and they very well could could just transition him back and which I'm not I mean, sure if he's that good. Like, I mean, heck, if he was better than. If he was that good, he would just be a Friday just, night guy. At he would just be Saturday starter at LSU right now. Right, that too. It's, it's weird because, like, you look down LSU's roster, it's the same old dudes plus Skeens, Tommy White, and Christian Little. Right. Those same old dudes haven't haven't done anything. Couldn't get out of a region with Southern Miss. A with team that advantage. couldn't score a run on Ole Miss. Uh, yeah, so that, that's something we're going to look towards or look forward to um, as, as LSU kind of goes throughout the season is can they find Saturday and Sunday starters and, and round out these series uh, that Paul Skeens will inevitably start on, on See a See you in note. the Super Regionals, LSU. <laughs> I know you're going to be there. <laughs> right. Um, last thing we're going to talk about from around the country, Oklahoma State uh, throws back-to-back no-hitters, one in the midweek against uh, California Baptist and um, one to Loyola Marymount on the weekend. So um, that was kind of odd. Hadn't seen that in a, ever, but um, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oklahoma State starting the season strong, uh, won a series against Loyola Marymount, so congratulations. All right, next up. Hunter, I think this is going to be all you. Yeah, okay, so let's get into the Southern Mets. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here in Hattiesburg. Uh, I've heard all of their games. Um, they play a really loud train horn. Didn't hear much of it today, so that was a little weird. Um, <clears throat> their pitching in their first week looked really, really dominant against Liberty. Uh, they won yeah. 3-0, 2-1, 7-2. Just dominant stuff. And they played UNO. Uh, UNO um, is now Amani Larryless, and I believe their all-time hits leader also graduated. So, um, shout out UNO. I'm sorry, <laughs> my bad. And then <laughs> it came into Illinois, violated them. <laughs> and Illinois was teeing off on them. Um, like it, 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 it wasn't good for the Golden Eagles, um, right? And I'm not sure how good Illinois is, but Tanner Hall, he went five innings pitch, six hit, five earned runs. Like, for like Jeez. an All-American, like, they got after him. Like Just for reference, last year, Tanner Hall pitched against us in the midweek and went like seven innings. Seven innings, hits. zero earned runs. <laughs> yeah. Like Tanner, Tanner Hall is really, really good. Um, yeah. And... Illinois just kind of bullied them. Um, mm-hmm. And then they had that wild game on Saturday uh, where Southern won 14 to 13 in 11 innings. And then today I didn't watch much of it because it was on the same time as the state game, but Illinois came out on top uh, 9 to 4. But going to who maybe USM is going to pitch against us, it gets a little weird because they had to throw like 12 pitchers in the 11 inning game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's probably going to be uh, Billy Oldham, Oldham, Oldham. I'm going to call him Oldham. 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 Like He's a right-handed pitcher. 
against UNO, he went five innings pitched, uh, no hits, no walks, one wild pitch. So, um, yeah, I, d- I don't know much about his stuff because uh, yeah. USM's website is not very good. Um, but I, I'm not I'm not even sure about talking about this game. We need to talk about Southern Miss. Like we we can go down their list and. Y- if if you watch college baseball, you you know their guys. Slade Wilkes is still there, four fifty five. Um, Matt Etzel, I think he's leading off for him this year. He's three thirty three, um, and then Dustin Dickerson's having a really good year, batting three twenty one so far. Um, I'm playing really really good shortstop. He's too. he's incredible. He, I, I mean, just because I think it'd be cool to see a guy from West Jones get drafted. I mean, I, I think he's got all the tools. So he he's incredible in the field. And it's always like he'll like make like he'll be like the guy that gets like the throw from behind a runner, and they'll they'll just get like an extra out, and yeah, like it's, he's always like making those type of plays. And mm-hmm. I mean, heck, he he's come a long way from which I know his batting average was always there, but he's like a really important part of this team now. Yeah, and I mean right. he's been starting shortstop for all these years, and it's it's been kind of weird because you're like, oh yeah, he's just he's just USM Lane Forsyth. Uh, no, <laughs> he's, nope, he's, he's not. He's, he's he's been really really good. Yeah. Um. So, so I think the next thing we should talk about is like because of how many arms we didn't have to use. What are we gonna do? Uh, like who's throwing this game? I mean, it's gonna be weird. I don't know if we're gonna try to get a legitimate start out of like one of Lofton or Durangelo. Um. But we really could go, like, a starter go three, maybe four innings, and then just one guy per inning after that. I guess it really just does depend on what the game looks like. Um, I mean, if 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 it's a one-two run game at the end, like in the ninth inning, I guarantee you we see Aaron Nixon just to get him an inning and get him a legitimate save opportunity. Um, his closers have to stay sharp. Like, um, how many pitchers do we have to see, like, that need innings now? Okay, so we need Lowe, to see... Lowe needs one. Yeah. Lofton needs some. Lofton needs one. Parker probably needs Parker one. Parker needs some. Um, uh, Logan Dom Forsyth. Prob- yeah. I'd say Dom probably does. And he did... Nixon he Nixon actually needs one. Like Yeah. There, uh, there's if there's a like a setup... Guys. If there's a setup to a close opportunity, I would say Dom for an inning and then Nixon for one. Because Dom threw two thirds of an inning against uh, Arizona State, so I mean he he could go a little bit more, um, and I like I don't know who else. Maybe Ty, Tyson Harden. I, I, I'm I just throwing out names. I'm not sure I want to see him again. <laughs> right, I'm just throwing out some names that probably could use some if if the game allows it. Like I said, if it's if it's a close game, this is a game that would be really really important to win. It's not like one of those, like Arkansas Pine Bluff games that we know we're going to be winning by fifteen runs. Or like um, those UL Monroe games, right? Like those VMI games, you know. Um, so yeah, there's a handful of pitchers. I, I I don't think we're going to see a pitcher go any more than four innings uh, to start. I I might be surprised to see over three innings, but um, you know. Durangelo or Lofton, I mean, they could really be, you know, this could be their one op- their, their 
last opportunity to prove that they deserve to be a weekend starter. And um, even bef- even like if they've already proven that they need to be a weekend starter, heck, throw them now. I mean, yeah, I, I like mean, I'd rather win this than Ohio State. Yeah, I I, I think that's a really good because uh, this upcoming weekend is really not like a typical series. I mean, it's one of these like round robin tournaments. It's 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 viewed differently in my mind. Um, so yeah, I'd, we we have some time to set up for SEC play. So we have yeah. this game, which I think we can just go ahead and go out on. Like, mm-hmm. do I? I mean, honestly, we could probably see like what like last episode what we said our fridays were gonna be yeah like we, we could go uh low we could go lofton and then it could just be nixon like we could go three like that and, and it could be a game and it could yeah. get done they can just throw bullpens and you know the bullpen yeah. <laughs> like, it's right. not being game um and then and and i think that if it's like I, I I know I've been saying like if the game allows it, but if it's a close game, I don't think we're gonna screw around and go a pitcher per inning. Like I, I don't USM's think that's not be. going to. No, I mean they we're treating Tanner this Hall like last year against us. <laughs> yeah, I mean they their week midweek starter went seven innings against us. Like this game is serious, and it's not. It doesn't really have much to do with in-state bragging rights or anything. It's just this it's win a against really Southern good win looks good, like better than it has in the last five or six years um i mean this is a really big win this is this could be viewed just like the governor's cup game i mean like that's the quality of win that this could be it's a really good plus one to have right um that's and especially with uh, us having dropped a few that we shouldn't have at this point um so uh, we really don't know what what it's going to look like it could we could go several different ways with it but i would love to see one of either lofton or gerangelo start this one and and just see what they can bring us for three or four innings. Mm-hmm. So. All right. So that's going to be it for our preview of the Southern Miss game on Tuesday night at Trustmark Park in Pearl. Um, we're going to finish off this episode with a few Instagram questions that we got sent today. So we'll start us off with uh, one from Courtney Taylor. She says, when are the wives going to make an appearance? Uh, um, see, there's an Instagram photo that Sarah just needs some likes on. Just go like that comment. Mm-hmm. And you'll get I'm it. a fair guy. Yeah, we them's the rules. Next question is from Brooks Taylor. Saturday and Sunday's pitching was beautiful. Time for the ambidextrous stud in on Friday. Um, I would love that. If if he was our Friday night starter by the time SEC play started, I would I would really, really enjoy that. Yeah, I think that's gonna happen. Yeah, I I think that's where we're headed. All right, next question also from Brooks Taylor. Cade Smith to midweek duty? Yes, in my opinion, is what he said. And then bench KC entirely. So Cade Smith, I mean, his first appearance of the year was Friday against BMI where he went four innings with seven strikeouts maybe. Um, four, four, five strikeouts, two walks, no runs. Um, he wasn't completely sharp, but it was first start of the year and he didn't give up any runs. He's he had one bad start that he may have been sick during. I mean something was going on. Um so I, I think we still continue to give him an opportunity. Um if he strings together a few bad appearances, then yeah. Send him midweek duty. But now what about KC? I mean KC He'd be a heck of a first base coach. KC I just there's no 
upside in my mind. Like he it's, cannot. It's not like when Eric was here. <laughs> Eric, we could look at see Eric had the stuff, but KC like goes in these streaks where he just walks four batters in a row, and I'm like, like what are <laughs> what is happening here? I just. Have you know. ever He's... seen KC coming in and you're like, ooh, good? Nope. Never in my life. <laughs> and, and I mean, it's... I don't know. Who drafted him? The Pirates. I understand why they're the worst franchise in the MLB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I know we're not going to bench KC entirely, but I... Was that meant to the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates or Casey? Both. Are um, they the worst? Yeah. Yeah, pretty consistently. <laughs> um, see, I, I know they're not going to bench him entirely, but I don't think he needs any... I, I think he needs to string together a few appearances in games that are not competitive at all. I do not need to see him as the first man out of the bullpen. Which, like, we, we saw him in a game that was... We were up 10-1... to 1. And he blew that by not being able to throw strikes. We saw him in a game that was seven to zero, and we were losing seven to zero. So we've seen him on either end of the extreme, and he's just not able to throw strikes in these really, really low stress situations. So like, why would I ever trust him in high stress? Um, yeah, that's what I got. So our last question comes from Football Freddy. Have you kept up with basketball? Yeah, yeah. Sam Purcell's got us um, locked into the five seed. <laughs> On SEC tournaments, that's pretty good, right? Are we really fifth? Yeah. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> we we're we we're nine and seven in conference, uh, twenty and nine overall. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. We we let the basketball dogs get continues hot. to be our sport. Let's pack the hump. <laughs> pack the hump. Nothing else happened right. in the hump. So. Nothing. All right. We thank you guys so much for listening to our episode. We hope you have a great Monday, and are looking forward to another great week of Mississippi State baseball. We're going to be with you again on Friday morning, so we look forward to that. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Going for Two with Jack Taylor. Nah, women's basketball is feral. And welcome to the Going for Two After Show. Post-credit scenes brought to you by...